You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer from Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, we had a second preseason game against uh, Seattle. The Bears rolled into town, and they took advantage of a team that was traveling too much uh-huh. and, and had a short week, uh, even though they were doing the same thing. Uh, kind of rolled all over the field with them, got away with a victory. The 2-0 and Chicago Bears that just says it has a nice ring to it. It's practice. I mean, it's but it's still fun. It's, you know, I'd much rather talk about a win than a loss, even if it's a practice game. So I'm good with it. It's a, it's a nice win for those guys. I think the, the culture is starting to be established. And, you know, I, I, like we said, practice games, preseason game doesn't really matter. But it matters for those players. It matters for those coaches. You know, they're going through the motions, doing what they have to do, getting ready for the season. So it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing to, to get a dub. Yeah, I think that, you know, someone brought up, you know, the Lions season where they didn't win a game. They were undefeated. They were undefeated in the preseason. Like, I mean, yes, we, we realize that preseason results don't matter. Uh, and, and we've even talked about how much we're not really sure that the win loss record is what we need to keep in mind too much in this regular season. It's more about the product on the field and, you know, young guys developing and, and, and all that. But I think there is elements, and I think we'll get into this in the show a little bit. There's elements of what this new regime is bringing that really benefits uh, in a preseason game because you had the roster from top to bottom playing hard and playing swarming the football on defense. Um, but all three phases look disciplined. They look like they um, were knew their assignments. They, they're ready to play again. Certainly, some blown coverages and things like that. I mean, there, there was there was mix-ups, but overall, the effort was there. And where both sides were dealing with the exact same thing, they're dealing with a short week, they're dealing with travel, they're dealing with guys that you know are going to be starters that aren't playing. Uh, the Bears just look like a much more talented roster. These teams are in, in similar spots: uh, the, the, the Seahawks and the Bears, both going through a bit of a, of a rebuild or a reset, whatever you want to call it. And but but the Bears did look like a much much better football team from top to bottom, and that's that's good to see. That's that's testament to the uh, to the coaching, testament to the uh, to the general manager and, and the scouts. And you know, it's a like you said, it's a it's a good try hard competing bunch, and it shows uh, through the whole roster. Well, let's get into our categories. We start off every episode of Baron Balance in the trenches, and big announcement for us is that the trench tribute this year. We are partnering with our friends at Portillo's. Uh, unbelievably cool to be able to partner with uh, one of our favorite restaurants. Lester and I actually ate at Portillo's after uh, the training camp practice that we went to. Uh, we should have taken a picture, uh, yeah. but we weren't sure that this this uh, partnership was going to go through. It's still in the works, uh, but it, it came through. We're really excited to to partner with them. A one hundred dollar gift card every week, so no joke. We That's are two going grand. To have a lot of beef. <laughs> A lot of beef. You joke that like you're glad that I have the gift cards, which is good because there's not one in town. You know, I, I don't have I don't have a Portillo's in town. So Portillo's, by the way, Des Moines is a really good market. You should probably come here. But I don't I don't have a Portillo's in town, so I have to travel to there, which I actually am today. I'm going to have some Portillo's later today because uh, I, I have to travel today. But um, we have uh, a $100 gift card that we're going to give away after every episode uh, this year. So every game. And we're going to do it during this this uh, segment. So the Portillo's Trench Tribute, as you know, the beef. That was This was your idea to, to use this segment uh, to, to give it away. And what you're going to do, if you want to participate, if you want a chance to win one of these gift cards, is like and subscribe, you know, wherever you're getting this stuff, make sure that you're hooked in to our network. If you're on Twitter, make sure you, you know, you're following us and you're, you're liking these tweets. Um, and if you're on the, you know, YouTube, we'd love you to ha- subscribe to the YouTube 
if you're on Facebook, make sure you're subscribed to that. You know, wherever you're getting your Baron Balanced, make sure that you're subbed there, you're following there, whatever. Like uh, what what the like the tweet that we're going to put out for the Portillo's Trench Tribute, and then give us your uh, Trench Tribute of the Week. And if you don't want to give a lineman, you can give a Player of the Week. That's fine too. Um, but but give us who you thought really stood out to you in the game, and then a couple days later we will draw for that winner for that week we'll contact you and we'll we'll send you the gift card exactly so so like it wherever you're watching the video whether it's youtube whether it's twitter whether it's facebook or or for you guys on on windy city grand who always like to watch the show on the embed just leave us a comment there and that'll, that'll get you guys you know in in the contest too and then for our podcast people same thing um if if you're listening to the pod because we're going to share this as a podcast on twitter and facebook as well give us a like on either the, the show on the podcast for Twitter or Facebook and all those places you have a chance to enter. And then in a few days, we'll do a random number draw. We'll pick a number, pick a winner, and then we'll announce it through social media. And then of course we'll announce it again on the, uh, on next week's episode. So hundred bucks, man. Yeah. I mean, beef, it's hot a dogs, lot, it's a lot of shakes. Oh, I'm ready. It's, it's many trips through the drive-through or yes. it's like, you know, Hey guys, uh, I got it tonight. Right. Like you're, you're going to a, a party and you're going to, you're going to pick up the tab either way. hundred, hundred bucks at Pertil is going to go a long way. So, uh, very excited to do that. So the actual category for us, uh, your answer, I'll start off. I actually thought that you could go a lot of different ways, but I was, uh, to me, it was a lot of different ways on the defensive line. This week. Okay. Uh, and so for me, I I'm going to, I'm going to shout out your, your boy, Sam Kamara. Ah. I thought he was constantly showing good pressures. Now, Bears were able to pin their ears back and and rush the passer a lot in the second half, which is when he was playing most of his snaps, but he looks good. Like he looks like he's he's got a chance to make the roster or at least, you know, be retained in a practice squad type uh situation. He comes off the line pretty quick. He's got some juice. Um, you managed to get a sack right there at the end, uh, you know, converging in the backfield there. I think it was a deep drop by that backup quarterback, but still like, you know, you'll take it. <clears throat> um, but, uh, I thought that in camp, you pointed Kamara out as a guy that you really liked. And so when he started popping, I was like, Oh, Lester's guy. Right. So the second half, I, I found myself continuing to watch Kamara and, and I thought he deserved the trench tribute this week. He has a, had an interesting start to his NFL career. He, he was a defensive tackle at, at Stony Brook, okay? Who the hell's heard of that college? No one's heard of it. Uh, and then he comes to the Bears, and, and as a defensive tackle, what is he now in, in Chicago? Oh, now you're going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. So he had a big conversion, you know, last year at the old regime. And then uh, when the Bears made the, the transition to a 4-3, I wasn't sure if he was going to be an edge at defensive end or, or you know, go back to, to, to D-tackle, maybe as 3-tech. But, you know, he, he put the time in to kind of change his body, become an edge, and that's where he's been. And he's still a bubble guy. I mean, he, he may not make the roster, but I think he has a chance to, to stick around in some capacity, whether it is at the end of the roster or on the practice squad. And I just like him. He's a, he's a good player that, that seems to always show up and, and hustle. Um, I think he's a good fit for the for the uh, this philosophy because, like I said, the hustle's there. He's always going all out. So, yeah, I, I like Kamara. I think he's a good, he's a good football player. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can stick. Um, but he certainly did himself some favors in this last game. So, what about you? For me, I'm going to go with uh, old reliable Cody Whitehair, who uh, you know, there's a lot of talk that he was going to get cut. You know, when 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 the, the, the new coaching staff came in, the, the new GM came in, and I just never saw it because cutting him at the point, um, there was no benefit to the cap. So if you if you don't have a benefit to your bottom dollar, why cut a guy, especially when he's still able to be a starter? And that's exactly what's happened. He's still a starter for this team. You know, he seems energized uh, with 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 what's going on in Chicago. He talked about it. You know, I think he he likes this new staff. I think he likes the new regime and you know, maybe there was just maybe he was just worn out from the from the naggy stuff. I, I'm I'm just speculating here, but it's possible. I mean, because he did not have a very good year last year. You know, you got to be right mentally and physically. There was something off with him last year. So far in preseason, he's been good. And I actually had a chance to go back and watch the tape uh, th this week, and I graded three different bears. This is one of them. Um, only nine snaps. So take this for what it's worth. Plus nine, hundred percent. Um, he did his job in every play. You know, there was, wasn't was a lot going on, um, but he looks like he's going to be that good veteran presence. Plus, man, Cody Whitehair has taken on the mentorship role, too. Uh, we saw it in camp. 
He's done it with Zach Thomas, the rookie. He's done it with Braxton, Braxton Jones, who's lining up, you know, right next to him at left tackle. So Trent's tribute, this uh, is my first ever Portillo's Trent's tribute. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's it's almost like we had the chatter in the offseason about Cody Whitehair, and then we haven't really had to talk about him yet. That's good. Which is good. That's what you want, right? <laughs> like he's like, oh, you just plug him in, and that's what you want. I, I mean, my theory is that he was fighting something that wasn't disclosed last year. You know, some some kind of nagging injury that could sort of sapped him a little bit. Um, I also think that, you know, it, it is tough uh, in a well in a in in the in the naggy environment. I'm sure it was tough, but I also think when you have uh, when you're not working well with the guys next to you. Um, that can be part of an issue as a, as a, especially as a guard, right? Like if, if you have a center or a tackle that, you know, you're not working well with in concert, um, I think that that, that can definitely impact. And that's, that's I think we'll get into a little bit here, but you know, that, that idea of an offensive line, figuring out who needs to be on the field and then getting them on the field and then letting them gel and work together. Cause a lot of it's feel, you know, it's a lot of it's like, okay, I feel good enough to leave this block so that I can peel off to the next level because I think this guy has them handled. There was a lot of combo blocks last year uh, that Whitehair was involved with that felt like he stayed on a little bit too long and didn't peel off into the next level and let linebacker would come in and make a play. And is that Cody Whitehair's fault? I mean, I don't know. You have to secure that first block first because if you come off too early and that defensive tackle yeah. uh, then just slips by the guy that you, you know just splits off and makes a play in the backfield, that's worse, right? So there, there were a lot of plays that he was involved with last year that I felt like just looked like a comfort level wasn't there um, with with uh, who he was blocking with. And and then I do think that maybe he was just dealing with something. So hopefully he can come back to form because he's a good lineman. I mean, he, he has shown that he can be a very um, high-quality starter in, in this league. So hopefully he's back to that. Agreed. All right. Tweet of the week. Um, I, uh, I, I went back. I wanted to tee us up for a conversation. So I went back to a one Mr. at WilfongJR. Yeah, you made it. You made it. So, uh, Lester, I, I knew that. So we have had this conversation repeatedly. We've had yeah. it on this show. We've had it off air. We've had it in emails. We've had it in text messages, right? Like we've had this conversation a lot. Um, but I went back and I found a tweet uh, of yours from March 1st. Uh, says Bears GM Ryan Pohl said it's too early to determine where Tevin Jenkins ends up playing. He also said he believes they'll play their best five along the O-line. That last line is important. June 14th. Also from from Lester, Bears Man. head coach Matt Eberflus said that everything is on the table to get their best five O-linemen on the field. His answer was prompted from a question asking if Tevin Jenkins could be moved to right guard. August 16th, the Bears intend to play their best five on offensive line. And if Jenkins is, is ready and healthy, I can't see him not being one of those five. This is something that you and I have talked about. Yeah. And you have you have been loud and clear that if the Bears are committed to getting their best five offensive linemen on the field, Tevin Jenkins is one of those best five. It sure looks like Tevin Jenkins is going to be the starting right guard for this football team. I mean, he was a tackle all offseason. There was no talk about him play, playing guard at all. I mean, they seemed committed to him at tackle at that point in the offseason. You know, for whatever reason uh, – something happened you know no one knows what happened there um i was listening to the the bears post game with our guy robert schmitz and, and he he speculated that maybe there was something internally where he just didn't want to be a guard this is something he was speculating on the show and then and when i heard it i'm like you know what i was thinking kind of the same thing but i'm like nah no one else probably thinks that when he, when he said it out loud and i heard it, i'm like man maybe there's something to that maybe he just has to work through the the the, the, the team saying, hey, we don't want you to do this. We want you to do this. And to him, that's like, in his mind, is a, a demotion. In his mind, that's a slight on his ability as a tackle. So, so again, just speculation. Maybe that took place. You know, maybe they had, he had to work through some stuff. And, you know, it's a different game there. I and mean, I, I think we even talked about him last, last year when the Bears picked him. I, I have no problem with if you were to say to tackle. I think he has tackle skills. Okay. But he also has guard skills. I mean, it's some guys is not a good fit. Some guys you can't. A lot of times you're here in the draft. Oh, if he sucked to tackle, move him to guard. 
that's not always the case. It's different. Guards are different position. Things happen differently. The angles are differently. You know, it's it's a little different to movement skills you have inside there. So Jenkins going inside the guard in his mind thinking, man, it's a demotion. You know, uh, in the long run, tackles get paid a little more. But if you can be a great guard, let's see what happens here. And I think Tevin Jenkins is uh, has a chance here now because he's just too good. He's too good of a football player. Well, we just got done talking about Cody Whitehair. Cody yeah. Whitehair was a tackle in college and then got moved inside. Cody Whitehair has shorter arms. He doesn't have the length to yeah. be an offensive tackle in this league. Now, you look at Tevin Jenkins and you think, well, this guy's gigantic. You know, he, he clearly he's he fits all the size requirements. He actually does have a little bit of shorter. He's on the he shorter does, side yeah. of short arms, right? And so if you have a philosophy where you believe that you need that length, which a guy like Braxton Jones brings you, right? Like I think Braxton Jones's arms are a couple inches longer they than are. Tevin Jenkins, right? So if you if that's a philosophy that you have from you know a scouting principle that you're bringing down and you're pushing uh, into your roster, you know you come in and you see this Tevin Jenkins and you say, well, I had him as guard. And there were plenty of people that did, right? There are plenty of people that said, yeah, he looks like a good prospect, but he's a guard. Now, in terms of the play, I, I would assume that. There are certainly some people that listen to this podcast that played offensive line. I would assume that most people don't, right? I, I don't think we're all offensive line in our audience. Uh, I played, you know, along the offensive line. I played all of those positions. Um, I was better at some than others, <laughs> but that there are uh, to, to me, and, and I've probably said this a few times on different places, but to me, playing tackle is about negotiating the space and being able to feel comfortable handling the space between you and the defender, particularly particularly in the pass, in pass pro, but also even in the run game, trying to find that block. When you play guard, it's on you fast. Like you are, you are instantly engaged in the block, and uh, you have to deal more with, with strength and leverage and, and anchoring down and, and just constantly. It's a, it's a more, it, in some ways, it's a more physical position because you're, you're constantly, it's a, it's a very quick hitting position. I, I, as someone who played more, uh, felt more comfortable at guard, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, I hate it when people say it's a demotion. It's a different position. Um, maybe it's not as, as highly compensated, and maybe that's part of the thinking here uh, for long term. But uh, you can still make a lot of money playing guard in yes. the National Football League. And if you are best suited and you trust your coaching and you go out and you destroy at guard, you can make a, a career for yourself. If you go out at tackle and you're just not really quite suited for it and you're washed out of the league because you insisted on trying to play a position that maybe you're not best suited for. I'm not saying that I know Tevin Jenkins is or isn't best suited for that. But um, if, if you do that, you might be washed out of the league and you might not have a second contract. Like the, it's, you know, if you could be the best at something or be okay at a different position, maybe be the best. Right. And if, th if that's what this, you know, general manager and this coaching staff believe, then great. Maybe he's in the right position. Maybe he's buying in. Maybe he's getting that taste for football again and he wants to be on the field. Right guard could be a really fun spot to watch Tevin Jenkins' career. I'm excited for him. Like, like, like we talk all the time, wherever you put him, leave him the hell alone. I hope this is where he ends up forever. I, I think it's a good fit for him, especially considering how the Bears' uh, current roster is constructed. I mean, they seem to have enough guys that tackle they're, com they're comfortable with. With uh, the veteran uh, Riley Reef coming in now, whether he starts or he's a, he's the swing guy, he has experience. Borum, whether he starts or he's the swing guy, you know, I think Jenkins at right guard is a is a great path for him to start. And I think if that's the case, I think uh, the O line is coming together. It's they still got some problems. They gotta they gotta work as a unit, but having that guy out there, that talent out there is a, is a good, it's a plus for this Bears team. Absolutely. Uh, what did you have for your tweet? You know, we always have somewhere along the show where we're really in sync, and this is one of them. Uh, so, so my tweet of the week is from J.D. Brown. He is at J.D. Brown writes, and, and he tweets out, things I can't wait for, the weekend, the NFL <laughs> season to start, and grades on Tevin Jenkins from at Wiltfong JR. I'm like, oh, so he's, he's calling me out. So now I up. have to go back and grade him. I, I was going to do it anyway. Um, but, you know, I had some some train issues on, on on Thursday. So I didn't get a chance to watch the game like I wanted to. So 
a lot of my stuff got pushed back. So I found the time. I did go through and grade him. Like I graded Cody White here. I said, six, said only nine plays. He had 100%. Um, I did grade Tevin Jenkins as well. He had 23 snaps, a little more work there. Um, I had him at plus 19, uh, minus four. Uh, for those that like the the math, that's 82, 82.6%. That's a good grade for Tevin Jenkins. Um, some of my notes on him is better in the run game, uh, which is to be expected. That's that's what he was known for coming out of college. Um, the thing about pass blocking from guard, when you're used to being a tackle, it's a different setup. Um, it's different angles. Um, you're worrying about the stunts in a different way. It's going to take him some time to understand pass pro at guard. As fans, give him time to learn and grow exactly. there. If that's where he's going to be, I think it's. I think this coaching staff wants him there, so it's going to take some time. You know, when you're at, at tackle, thing you're on an island more often than not. You know where your edge pressure's coming. You got it. When you're at guard, it's a little different. You know, but the coaching staff talks about they like Jenkins' football IQ. They think he can make the transition to guard. They've talked about it, so I think he'll be fine eventually. Um, but he's going to have some growing pains. You know, it's, it's just stuff going to happen. If Bears fans remember back to Kyle Long, the great Kyle Long guard to tackle ex- experience, when he played right tackle, his first half of that season being a tackle, he was terrible. As that season wore on, Kyle Long's, he was much improved as a tackle that season. You know, I, I think it was the Packers game. I actually went and graded those, those two, uh, that Kyle Long year. The first game was, I think, week one against the Packers. He was awful. Uh, the next time he played the Packers later in the season, he was really good. So it's going to take some time, but I think it's a good fit for him. And uh, again, like I said, I'm excited to see how, how this line comes together with him now as a guard. Yeah. I went back and watched him and I'm I'm curious to see if we will see an evolution in his technique, even in the run game, because it looked like he was um, I'd like to see him engage in a block and try to drive for a little longer, like really latch on and try to move his, he can move his man. Right. Um, but he's kind of instantly getting that punch and push right away, as opposed to like latch on, steer that guy for a few steps and then try to finish. I, you know, and so that's to me, that's just what I saw as something that jumped out like, OK, he's just, you know, he's he's trying to basically push his guy uh, from from the start. And maybe that's the technique that they're, they're teaching. I mean, I got, you know, I'm going to I'm going to claim ignorance that I don't know exactly what they're going for, but. Generally, when I when I think of a guard, I'm thinking of a guy that's he's looking to latch on to that that shoulder pad right here, and and so that he can then steer that guy, you know, get, you know, put his body in between uh, the defender and the running back, uh, you know, move him a few steps off, you know, whatever. But when I when I watched him, it looked like he was kind of like I'm going to just bench press you um, into you know out of the play if I can, which felt a little bit more like a tackle. I, I don't know. It, it was just like I'm I'm curious to see if this technique improves or. Um, cause I think that's the fun part of playing in the interior is when you latch on and you can really drive in and he's going to, when he figures that out, he's going to love it because that's where you start getting pancakes. You know, that, that's where you start figuring out that you can, when, when you have the right technique and you start driving, you can start moving piles. And, and this is a guy that can do that. You, you like watching Quentin Nelson, uh, for the Colts and, and guard highlights, Tevin Jenkins could put some guard highlights out there once he starts realizing that that's how you get them. So I'm excited to see if his uh, technique improves throughout the year. Uh, let's let's move on to stats. Caught up in a numbers game. My stat of the week is eight. That is the number of penalties over the first two games, uh, preseason games for the Bears. Uh, last year, I think they had something like 19 penalties through two games. So I again, it's fake. Fake football, you know, whatever you want to say. It's preseason football. It's practice football. Whatever. I, I, I do think this is emblematic of what of, of a sea change here. This is this is a new regime that is emphasizing a philosophy. We've talked about a lot. This hits philosophy, and that S is uh, it stands for playing smart. And I think part of that is re- reduction of number of penalties. And you're seeing, I mean, this is, these are guys that are, you know, the, the 78th guy on the roster, right. That is, is out there getting snaps in, in, in the second preseason game. These guys aren't going to be around during the regular season, but yet they're still playing some pretty disciplined football. They're swarming to the football. They're out there. Uh, you know, the takeaways have continued to clearly be an emphasis here. They're, they're going after the football. Uh, but I was really impressed with how much cleaner they were than their opponent 
And if that's something that can, can translate into the regular season, that is going to keep the Bears in a lot of games because they're playing hard and they're playing smart. You know, that was my number last week. I had uh, the penalties number five. This week, three. So it, it's uh, – I think there were two more that were declined. They don't count, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the hits philosophy permeating through the entire locker room. They're all bought into this. To this, they all understand it's it's uh it, it's it's disciplined football, and it's uh we didn't always see that the last few years. You know, it's it's uh it's it's cool to see that how how quickly they're starting to come around. And but I guess if you think about it, the last time the Bears had a, a philosophy like this, you know, in in, in the building was in, in the in the uh, Lovey Smith era, and we saw how quickly some of that mentality left them. The next year when Mark Trestman took over, you know, I always think back to that, to that football on the ground. And it's like, you know, it just sat there until the, I think it was the Packers picked it up and ran it in. It's like, yeah. that never would have happened under, in, in, in Lovey Smith, Rod Manelli in that era. It never would have happened. It happened in Trestman's era. This is something that coach uh, Matt Eberflus, Alan Williams, his entire staff, they all drilled this into their head. The ball's in the ground, pick it up. Punch at the ball, takeaways, turnovers, you know, always hustling. And I think it's going to be, uh, again, the wins may not be there this season, but it's going to be fun to watch this group really just compete. Yeah, it's going to keep them in games. That, that, yep. I think it's going to keep them competitive. It's going to be entertaining. It's They're going to be a fun team to root for because they're playing hard and they're playing smart. And I, and I think that, that I think that's a way to win the fan base over with a roster that may not be ready to compete at a, at a high level from a talent standpoint, but if you have the right philosophy. And I think it's one of those, like, you can only major in one, maybe two things in college, right? Like, you know, you, you can't have 16 majors across campus and take 38 classes. There's only so many things that you can emphasize to a football team. And if this is your philosophy, this is what you're emphasizing. This is what it translates onto the field. I don't know if that translates to championships, but it translates into good, clean football that keeps you competitive in football games throughout the season, even if your talent's not there. That's Lovey Smith was, you know, like you said, they were in a lot of games that they wouldn't maybe other maybe wouldn't be otherwise, right? Or they would win games because they were winning the, the turnover battle. That's it's a good philosophy. I mean, I think it's easy for Bears fans to understand it, uh, and it kind of fits with what I think Bears football has been you know, historically for most of our lifetimes. But what did you have for your stat this week? Uh, my, my number this week is uh, the number 32. And that is uh, the Seahawks didn't score in the game until there's only 32 seconds left in the clock. Um, that's that's mostly first-team Bears defense, second-team Bears defense. The, the, the Seahawks played their starters a little bit more than the Bears did, but the defense is playing good. And, and we just talked about a little bit is it's that hustle. It's that intensity. It's that they're playing with. And and I actually I saw this stat on uh, on the Bears team site. You know, the, the Chicago starting defense, two series, both three and outs. But then this is the part I saw is Chicago's first 10, or I'm sorry, Seattle's first 10 possessions. The Bears held them to six three and outs again. Oh, wow. Defense is back in Chicago and it's, it's hustle. It's, it's intensity. It's, uh, it's cool to see. And uh, again, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun to watch this group on defense come together. Yeah, I went. I, I I think this was just the first half. This might have been Geno Smith snaps. Uh, three and out, three and out, punt, miss field goal, punt, three and out. Yeah, I mean that. That's and that again. They kept their. They kept Geno Smith in, who is playing for the starting job. Here they go. Well, they didn't have their starting quarterback. He might be their starting quarterback. Drew Locke is is the other guy. It's not like Drew Locke is this obvious upgrade uh, from from Geno Smith. So they're starting again, those old, are, the, uh, the starting old line was in quite a bit too for Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I, this is these are you know again this is a this is a team that's going to not be very good. But no, who cares? Like it's you know they, it was good results. They got off the field. How many times last year did they you know just give up these long drives? Uh, let's talk about Justin Fields. Very short outing for him. Just had the one drive. Five for seven, 39 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Led the led the first team offense to a field goal, and then his night was done. Uh, really, I'd say the one, you know, well, you know, he, he kind of tried to scramble for a yard, looked pretty awkward, kind of ran into the back of his offensive lineman. It looked like he might have bailed pretty early, um, but also just kind of a weird, weird scramble. That was maybe a little, little odd. 
And then he had a kind of a rollout where he set up and then he fired a missile into the back corner of the end zone that, that was incomplete. Uh, he had, I think it was uh, Equinemius St. Brown sitting there for a first down, could have extended the drive. It was a second down and four, I think at the time, in, inside the red zone. Could have just picked up the first down, kept the chains moving, decided to go for the big throw. Uh, it was incomplete. Then they did not pick up uh, the first down on third uh, and kicked a field goal. So if you're being nitpicky because you only have a small sample size, take the first down, move the chains, you know, give yourself a fresh set of downs. He went for the big play and it didn't work. I thought he played okay. Uh, again, there's some things, things he has to clean up. You know, um, he's still working through a new offense himself. He's seeing, you know, the, a, a live defense here just for the second time. So it, it's coming there. You know, the, the, my big takeaway from this Justin Fields through first two weeks is, you see his scheme fit with what the bears are doing. You see how he fits into the scheme. You see what they're trying to do with these, with the, with the, with the bootlegs, the play action. You kind of see that happening. Um, I like the flow we're getting of play calls, not only for Justin Fields, but for all the quarterbacks. It's just a, it's vanilla, but you're still, there's, it's still different. It just, it's hard to explain. It's just, there's, there's a rhyme and a reason to what they're doing now. Yeah, it's, it's, a, just, it's an offensive it's just preseason. System. It's a system. It's just yeah. preseason, but you see, you see, okay, this play is being run. Oh, it's because it's setting up this play. This play looks just like this play. It's just it's cohesive and it's beautiful as as a guy that enjoys offensive football. Again, the last guy had a collection of plays that he liked. This is an actual philosophy that's built on. The, the shoulders of giants, right? This is this is a an offensive philosophy that takes actual uh, football theory and builds on itself. And the, the run game works with the pass game, which is mended by that play action, right? That 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 is what I have been asking for <laughs> for for years. Like if you've been listening to anything that I've been on, uh, that is what I've been been really trying to push. Uh, this idea that everything works together as opposed to separation, right? You know, again, when the last guy said, I'm firing this guy because the run game didn't work um, and that guy was responsible for the run game, I thought, no, 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 you're responsible for the offense. Yeah. And the offense includes the run game. They, they're not separate. They work together. They 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 complement each other. And, and that's what I think you're going to see more than anything this year is you're going to see an actual philosophy where those run game, pass uh, play action passes and the pass game all work together under the same philosophy and i think that the best play was probably that uh yeah, play action bootleg out uh to the left which for a right-handed quarterback right is a little bit harder because he's gotta he's gotta find a way to set his feet he sets his feet and he fires uh, a strike and an intermediate route to cole Komet. it's a really nice play it's a really nice play design and, and, and here you are, Cole Komet, right? Uh, I mean, he's going to be put in a position to succeed this year. He's going to be, I think he's going to be the number two option in this offense. Um, I think he's going to have a, a nice number of targets and catches. And statistically, I think he's going to be set up for success here. But that's a philosophy play, right? I mean, as much as it is physical play for Justin Fields to get out, set his feet, fire a good pass for Cole Komet to run the right route to, to, to make the catch, do a little after after the catch. All of that is true, but that is a scheme and philosophy success right there. That play is also one of the few plays that uh, Dan Orlovsky was, was, was nice about the Bears. You know, it was like <laughs> one of the few plays he talked about. You know, it's the rollout happened, and, and Justin Fields had the awareness to know that, hey, I got no one around me. I can't flip my hips and, and get set and throw a, throw a perfect ball here, and it was, it was a great play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – he has some stuff to clean up, but work in progress. He'll get there. All right. We'll take a quick break. Uh, on the other side of this, we will get into everybody's favorite category, the three bears. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. 
so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk the three bears. So hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and the just right. So let's start with the, the hot bowl of porridge. I'll go first. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to uh, Darrington Evans, the running back. Eight carries, 39 yards. That is a 4.9-yard average. He had a touchdown. Every run that he had was a hard-nosed run. Like, he looked like he was uh, a really got a shot out of a cannon, was was really carrying uh, tacklers with him. Thought he played really well. I was not impressed with him at his week one carries. And so this was a nice bounce back for him. I thought there was a couple of examples of guys that had some bounce back performances, maybe underwhelmed a little bit in the first game, look, looked better in the second game. But I thought he had the, the best bounce back for me. I thought he looked pretty good. I don't know if he'll make the roster because I don't think there's enough room. But um, I think that he, he definitely put on a show there. Uh, a nice night out of Darrington Evans. He was a sneaky signing when the Bears got him. It was it was uh, it was after the season ended. Um, I think they might have actually got him through waivers because it was still really early in the off season. He just didn't have a chance to shine in Tennessee, obviously, because you know they have a pretty good stable of running backs. Plus, you know, I think he had some injuries. But you know, he's a four four guy. You know, he's got good speed. You know, he, he's he's a good build for the position. Like you said, he may not make the roster, but I think he's a guy that has to stick around on the practice squad for sure. Um, he just brings a nice element, a nice change of pace, and we'll see what he does in the pass pro. We talk about all the time the the running backs that are your reserves. They have to pick up the blitz. They have to know where yeah. that's coming from. And we saw it again this last game. There was some some issues back there, and that's one of the things about David Montgomery's game that's not talked about a lot. He's a good blocker. He understands what's happening in the pass game. He understands the big picture, and that's what you need in a tailback. And that's why David Montgomery. A lot of fans are ready to you know. Oh, his carries are going to be cut a, a lot this year. I don't know if if Khalil Herbert, Trenton Gill, or Evans, if they're not understanding the blitz pickups, you know, they're not going to put them out there. I I mean, I am the biggest Trenton Gill fan that this 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 uh this team has to offer. I don't think he's going to be out there in pass pro. I think Tristan Ebner might be, but I don't think the punter is going to be. Oh, what the hell did I say? <laughs> This, it's, hey it's, everybody! It's early it is early in the, early in the morning. We're giving Lester a pass, but I'm telling you guys right now, the punter is not going to get any carries in this offense. They're, they're he has a pretty desperate. big guy. He's like what six four two twenty. Come on, listen. Let's, see, let's I, see what he could do. Out listen, there. can we? Can we? Uh, uh, let's burn <laughs> this now. I got a nickname for him. Okay, this is he's going to be the guillotine. It's great, right? That's it's one. great because he's just he's dropping it. He's dropping it. He's cutting off drives before they begin, right? Anyway, I, I love it. There's something there about the punter. We're going to call him the guillotine. But no, um, I get what you're saying. I've seen the backup running backs have some pass pro issues, and it reminds me a little bit of that infamous Mark Tressman quote where they asked, what's the most important thing for a running back? And he said, pass pro, <laughs> which like that's not what people wanted to hear. It's, but it's one of those things where running back has to understand pass pro before yeah. they can get on the field. Um, there, he didn't answer it probably in the right way, but uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, reminded me of that quote too. But um, yes, I think that that needs to be cleaned up for some of these guys before they see more snaps. And David Montgomery is very good at that. So, uh, what about you? Who had your hot bullet porridge? All right, this is a reach. I'm going to admit it right on top here, but uh, I wanted somewhere for us to talk about Cole Komet in this whole thing. And okay. Just seven reps for, for the big tight end. Uh, two catches, 31 yards. We saw them scheme up that screen look for him early. 
Um, he made a guy miss. He he powered through and he picked up an, a, a few extra yards because of his size. You talk about that play, the 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 route where he came across and on the play action, and he made the nice catch from Justin Fields. He didn't have a lot of uh, running blocks to me to kind of look at, but the few that he did, he was okay in. I just think we're gonna we see a little bit of a quick snapshot of how he'll be using this offense. You know, play action stuff. You know, get him loose on some screens. You know. He is a big body target. He was good down the seam in college. Bears didn't use him that way. So, you know, these these play action uh, rosteries coming across, they'll set up the stuff where he'll come across and now he'll kick up the seam depending on the coverage. So I just wanted to talk about Colkman a little bit. Like I said, I know it's a reach, just seven snaps giving the hot bowl of porridge to him. But for what he did, I thought he had a nice game. Yeah, suddenly this podcast has become – a Cole Komet stand podcast. And I, I apologize very yeah. much like uh, shocked by that revelation because I, this is not somebody that I have. I wasn't instantly in his corner or any, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not a hater. I mean, I was like, let's give this time. Plenty of people in our circle are like, this guy's not going to make it. He's not going to be worth anything. And I'm like, we're talking about tight end, right? Tight, tight ends, that position that takes a few years for, for guys to figure out and, and actually produce tight end, right? That's that's what he plays. And so I just want more uh I just want more data, right? Yeah. This is the year for Cole Komet, right? I mean, if it, if it's gonna happen, he's gonna show it this year. And when you're at camp and when or when you're watching him in the preseason, it's I, it looks like it's gonna happen. I mean, that that's to me. So I'm I'm there thinking like I'm in his camp. I think it's gonna happen. Uh, it, it still might not. There's no guarantees in this world, but I think that he's put himself in a position and this offense has clearly prioritized him that I I, I think that if I was going to bet, I, I put my chips on Cole Komet. There's, there's your yeah, I mean, bumper sticker. There it is. You're going to place mean, a bet, put him on Cole Komet. You know, All especially right. for the guys that, that do fantasy football, I think oh, it's he's in a for, a, for a nice year. The, the touchdowns, he'll have more than zero. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't do many guarantees, but this is one I'm pretty confident putting out there. Cole Komet will have more than zero touchdowns this year. All right. I love it. <laughs> uh, turn it around. Cold bullet porch. Now again, bears, bears did quite well. Um, I have an answer, uh, that I really want to give. I'm going to give cold bowls of porridge to everybody on the ESPN crew <laughs> because like, what is this? That uh, it's like that they wrote out their script before the game started that exactly the bears were terrible and then the bears started actually doing better on the field than the seahawks and it just was like how do we explain this and i don't know the story of uh lewis riddick is that his name right um i don't know his story exactly of of i i know he has maybe he has gm aspirations maybe he doesn't i know there was some some ties to potentially bringing him a lot of bears fans wanted him to come to chicago maybe he believed that was uh something that could have been in his future um i think he was maybe close with matt nagy maybe he didn't like the matt nagy situation and how it played out in chicago i don't really know I don't know him that well, uh, his story, whatever. But man, he—it felt like he was a, you know, a jilted lover or whatever, you know, whatever that, whatever that. He just, just everything is coming out. You know, Dan Orlovsky, I, I, I just don't know what he is, um, but I don't think he's a booth guy. Uh, I, I don't. He didn't seem very prepared. Um, and, and and honestly, even Steve Levy, like you're a pro. You should be able to pronounce Nathan Peterman's name uh, and not, uh, you know, Nathan Peterson. You, sh- you should know that it's Justin Fields and not Josh Fields, right? Like, I don't understand these guys. Like, did they just not prep? Like, what happened here? Um, so I, I'm going to give them the cold bowl, bowl of porridge. If you want it to be a player, uh, you know, I, I think you got to probably give it to the, the Jones, the corner, number 35. Um, Look like he got roasted a little bit, uh, you know, just out of, out of uh, did, did not provide very good coverage, but I also want to give him credit. Like he, he kept getting targeted and he bounced back and, and made a couple plays and, you know, had that, that goldfish mentality, as they say, like have no memory and, and come back and fight the next rep. Um, so I, I don't actually want to serve him a cold bowl of porridge either. I thought that he, I, I give him compliments for, for bouncing back and, and trying hard. So, uh, to me, ESPN crew gets the cold bowl. 
I knew I had a feeling you're going to go that way. And if you haven't read it yet, uh, Greg Gabriel, uh, you know, former Bears scout, worked for the Giants in the league for a long time. He was pretty pissed off about the ESPN broadcast, too. So he actually wrote an article about, about it. It's on the site now. Make sure you check that out. It's got a, a ton of traction. You know, fans seem to really enjoy that because as Bears fans, we all had the same thing. We're watching the game. We're like, what, what are these guys talking about? You know, Seattle had to travel. Okay. They're at home. <laughs> what are we short, doing? Uh, short week. What? Yeah. Come on. Let's get out of here. with the, the, the names, of course, are getting names wrong. They just, you know, they kept pushing the narrative that the Bears team is bad. But. The Bears team was kicking the Seattle's ass the whole game. It's like, what do you do? You know, and uh, it, it, yeah, it was funny. For, for me, my cold, I had a hard time going through this. I was kind of trying to figure out who it was. And ultimately, I settled on Daz Newsom. Um, okay. The muff on the punt, it was unfortunate. There was some 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 traffic there, you know, but this is two weeks now. Um, he had another drop this week. I just think he's not doing himself any favors. As it was, he was a bubble guy, but the way he's been in these last two preseason games, you know, even the touchdown last week, he kind of bobbled, you know? So I think Daz Newsom, he doesn't add much as a special teamer, especially because the bears seem to be pretty strong in that area as, as, as a, as a punt returners, they have a few guys that can do that job. So I think Daz is, uh, he may, I would not be surprised if Daz is one of the next cuts when they cut down to 80, just because I don't see any value he adds to the team right now. I, I agree with you. And I think it's, when you look at him versus the guys that have similar skill sets or bring in, in similar roles, he, those guys are doing better, right? Even like a guy like Simba Webster, who's had a little bit more of the up and down. Um, he's put some good ups on. Like I actually thought about saying him for, for the hot bowl porch. Like he, he had some, some good plays. And so uh, I, I think that if you're looking at who are you competing with, right? Like, uh, he's not Daz Newsom isn't competing with he's a wide receiver. But he's not competing with competing with Darnell Mooney, right? He's trying, he's there to fill a role and there are guys either with more experience or they're just showing out a little better. And again, the last regime drafted him. This isn't, you know, I know a lot of guys were people were excited about him. He's got a fun name, but I don't think that that's uh, it's really going to pan out for him given the performance on the field. I think you're right. He probably could be uh, amongst the next round of cuts. Um, so uh, just right for me, I, I I wanted a place to talk about Valus Jones. He had a 48-yard punt return. He had a 31-yard kick return. Um, it, they, they manufactured a touch for him in the past game. I, I think that those were the good, right? Um, I think that the some of his route running didn't look crisp yet. Uh, so curious to see where that goes because i think we all thought that he would come in with uh, a little bit more of a mature development in his route running but you know we'll see um but i do think that they're this is a guy that they're gonna try to find a way to manufacture touches in the offense in you know kind of that two three a game where you want to be able to get the ball in his hand um and then clearly he's going to be a factor in the return game he's got juice and so i i i wanted to make sure that we talked about him and I thought it was good to just and the just right for a debut for him. It's perfect. Cause this is kind of how he'll be used in a regular season. He'll be your mm -hmm. returner. They'll manufacture a touch or two for him each week. He'll get some reps as a receiver. And if that four or three speed can pop for you once, one of these times, awesome, you know, but, but he's a threat out there for sure. And I, I that's a, that's a good place for, for, for him this week. What about you? I'm staying offensive line here. Um, okay. I'm going to go Braxton Jones again, just nine snaps, but I did grade his play out there and I got him plus seven minus two for, for the math uh, people at 77.8. You know, he, he has some things just clean up again. Um, the bull rush got him again this week. Yeah. Uh, you have to anchor that a little better. You have to sink your hips a little better on that. You got to, it's, it's about the leverage on the bull rush. And he's a guy that will come around to that. He's not a small guy by any means. He has good long arms. He just has to understand uh, when it's coming and set himself for that better a rookie left tackle you know it's 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 very rare but the bears clearly are, are sold on on braxton jones because he played only the nine reps right you know get the hell out of there with with the rest of your core starters you know some starters played more the core starters got the hell out of there and jones is that guy and you know i, I looked this up the other day if he starts week one for the bears at left tackle which unless he's hurt he's going to start at left tackle for the bears week one you know, the last time the Bears started a rookie left tackle was 30 years ago. 30 years ago? 1992? Stan Thomas, is it? No, nah, he would have been late 90s. Troy Ozine. Troy? Okay, yeah. 
I remember that name. Second round draft pick of the Bears back then, but he's the last starting rookie left tackle week one for Chicago. So if Braxton Jones can pull it off and it looks like he will, it's uh that's cool for him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not not a very long career for that particular left tackle. So hopefully uh, three or four years in Chicago, I believe. Uh, so hopefully know, he Braxton was, Jones is he was okay. Longer. Braxton Jones hopefully can have a little a little better career in Chicago. Yeah, I think that was the thing that stood out to me was uh, they were like, okay, uh, you're, you know, the, the cream rises kind of thing, right? Like, okay, like we got you the one rep uh, or the one series, uh, you're out, you know, go go hang out with Cody, right? It's like, oh, okay, right? And, and you know, two of the projected starters didn't play uh, because Lucas Pax was coming back from an injury, uh, of course. And then Riley Reef, I think they're like, yeah, we, we know, we know who you are. Like you're fine. We're not going to put you out there in the preseason. So, you know, if that's your four and then you add Tevin Jenkins to that, they haven't really practiced or played yet. It's going to take a little time to gel. But again, what we have been saying is get your best five out there. And if that's your best five, um, what I've been saying is I just want five guys that can play. And I feel like those are five guys that could play and they'll figure it out. So I, again, week one against Nick Bosa, maybe not right. Like they're going to have some trouble, but uh, give it time. I have confidence that this, this unit can come together. So uh, good, good to close on offensive line, just like we started. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll close the podcast here. Reminder about getting in your picks, your, your Pratillo's uh, pick of the week, trench tribute, uh, can be somebody else too if you want. Obviously, you earn uh, brownie points if you pick offensive lineman, defensive lineman with us. But that does not bear on the drawing. Just name somebody that you thought deserved uh, some some highlight here uh, for this second preseason game. Wherever you're getting this content, we'll do some random number generation and we'll figure out the winner and be in contact with you for your $100 Portillo's gift card. Uh, make sure you're checking out everything else on the on the podcast channel. Um, we're going big with YouTube here. We've we've got some stuff that that it's going to be happening. So make sure that you're watching that. That's going to be uh, dominating here in the next few days uh, once we get that squared away. And otherwise, anything else that you want to promote here, Lester? Nah, just you know, check out the site. We got a lot of stuff going on uh, the video channel. Um, I think we're gonna tease the video stuff after we cut the pot off. So those of you that are that are here on the video, stick around. We're gonna have a little announcement. I think it's time. I I, I just can't wait anymore. I think we have to get it out there a little bit because it's already on the site. I broke the news. A soft open on the site. So let's for your video guys are hanging out with us. You know, once we close the pot out, you know, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us uh, and we will see you after the third preseason game. And until then, bear down. More to do's, less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.